I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. And then in your Bibles, if you would turn to Ephesians 5, we'll read verses 15 through 21. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Thank you, Paula. I don't know if you've noticed, you know, in the bulletin, there's always, you know, health concerns. Raise your hand if you see that once in a while. Yeah. These are people, uh, part of our family, our church family, and they're going through some uh, struggles in their life. So Eunice West and Trudy Fisher, Ruth Tollefson, Wayne Schumacher. Wayne is here. Uh, Barb Olson, Joan Meidinger, I think I saw Joan out here. And Glenn Lisney. Glenn is uh, really moving toward the end of his days. And I know Dennis uh, Kirschman just got sick this morning. So I just want to take time and uh, have some prayer uh, concerning this attitude of gratitude that we're going to talk about, but also to lift uh, our family to the Lord. So God, we just thank you that you're a gracious God, you're a good God. So often we act like uh, spoiled children, always demanding, always asking, always bargaining with you, but often neglecting to be grateful, forgetting to be thankful. Lord, the scripture speaks of us when we read in Romans, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave him thanks. Father, forgive us. Help us to count our blessings every day. And so today we want to tell you how much we appreciate the Savior. Thanks be unto God for his indescribable gift that our sins can be washed away and forgiven and be buried in the river of your love, thrown into the sea of your forgetfulness because Jesus, you died for us. And we thank you not only for the Savior but for the simple things like water and fresh, clean water that much of the world does not have, food, friends, family, shelter for the simple conveniences of life that we often take for granted. And God, we also want to thank you for our sufferings, for trials and tragedies, knowing that all things work together for good to those who love God 
And God, we know that you can even take bad things and use them for our good and for your glory because you're still on the throne. You are God, you are King of kings, you are Lord of lords. And even though we do not understand the twists and the turns of life, we trust you that everything is under control. Your control. And that's good enough for us. And we give you thanks. We give you praise and honor and glory today. And Lord, we lift up these names to you that I read. Eunice and Trudy and Ruth and Wayne and Barb and Joan and Glenn and Dennis. God, they all have different needs and you know all about them. But we lift them up to you and ask that you would help them out and heal them and bless them and encourage them. Lord, I especially lift up Glenn during this hour. As he is walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I pray that he would fear no evil because you are with him, Lord. Just bless him with a sense of your presence. And we pray all these things in your name, Jesus. And we pray together the prayer that you taught your disciples to pray and us to pray too. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, I've entitled this uh, message, The Attitude of Gratitude, and the big idea, the main point today is the attitude of gratitude will change your life. It will change your life. Little boy was asked to give his definition of salt, and he said, salt is what makes potatoes taste bad when it's left out. And I would say gratitude is what spoils life when it's left out. A few years ago, a woman was standing on top of a 54-story building in New York City, ready to jump to her death. And the police suicide squad took her threats extremely seriously, and she didn't uh, look the type in her expensive dress and with her distinguished appearance. But regardless of her appearance, every attempt to convince her to get down from the ledge ended in failure. And one of the police officers called his pastor to come to the scene and uh, to pray uh, for this woman. And His pastor came, and after appraising the situation, he asked the police captain if he might try to get close enough to talk with this woman. And the captain shrugged and said, sure, what have we got to lose? And the pastor started walking toward the woman, but she screamed as before, don't come any closer or I'll jump. And he took a step back and called out to her, I'm so sorry that you believe no one loves you. The pastor got her attention, and also the attention of the suicide squad. It was such an unusual thing to say, really. The pastor continued, your children and your grandchildren must not love you. Apparently, they never give you any attention. And with this, the woman took a step toward the pastor and said, my grandchildren do love me. My whole family uh, loves me, and my grandchildren are wonderful, and I have eight grandchildren. The pastor took a step toward the woman and said, well, then you must be very poor or you wouldn't want to take your own life. And the woman was, who was obviously overweight said, do I look like I go without meals? We live in a very nice apartment in Central Park. I am not poor. And the pastor then took another step and was now only about three feet from her. 
then why do you want to kill yourself? I don't understand. The woman thought for a moment and said, you know, I don't really remember. This true story ended with the pastor escorting the woman off the ledge while she showed him pictures of her grandchildren. She eventually became a volunteer on the city's suicide hotline, helping others choose life. And what happened was this. The attitude of gratitude just changed her life, and I think it can change your life as well. Ephesians 5.20, it says, Always give thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a verse. I mean, that one should go on the refrigerator. Why? Because it's so easy to gripe rather than show gratitude. It's so easy to become a sour saint. It's so easy to become a bitter brother or a caustic Christian, constantly complaining. I know some people would complain if their ice cream was cold or their coffee was too hot. Too many times we become grumbly hateful instead of humbly grateful. This verse is for us. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you may not be out on a ledge right now, but somehow, somewhere, Maybe the gratefulness is kind of gone from your life. Life is lonely now. Maybe times are tough now. This message is for you and for all of us who kind of walk the edge at times or who occasionally come to the end of the rope, who feel hurt maybe or cheated or, or let down. What I want to say to you in a nutshell is what I said at the beginning of this message, the attitude of gratitude will change your life. Five principles of gratitude in this one verse, and I'm going to try to be brief. First of all, this kind of living is proper. You can write that down. You see what this verse says? Always giving thanks to God the Father. The Bible says in James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. In other words, anything good that you have has come from God. You didn't get it by luck. You didn't get it by ingenuity. You didn't get it by hard work by your wit or by your wisdom. You say, but I did that. Oh, yeah? Where did you do it? On God's earth. What did you do it with? The body that God created. Who gave you that mind? Who gave you that ambition? What do you have that you have not received? Every good and perfect gift is from above. It's only right. It's only proper that we give thanks. I caught this attitude of gratitude from my own parents. My mom and dad, they always taught me to say thank you. You know, we'd go out to eat. Mom would always say thank you, you know, say thank you to your dad. You know, thanks, dad. And when our children were growing up and they forgot to give thanks, you know, when my children got the grumblies, your children never do that, did they? Uh, It just didn't seem proper, you know? Shakespeare was right when he said, sharper than a serpent's tooth is a thankless child. The Supreme Court, on my birthday, June 25th, 1962, they banned prayer from the public schools. Now, I want to have a little parenthesis here. Christians like to talk about prayer being removed from public schools as the point in American history where our nation turned away from God. And there is some truth to that. But I tell you what, the problem in America today is not the lack of prayer in the public schools. It's the lack of prayer in churches. 
and in the homes of believers. But let's get back to this ban of prayer. June 25th, 1962. This little kindergarten prayer was declared illegal. You know, perhaps you remember, it goes like this. We thank you for the flowers so sweet. We thank you for the food we eat. We thank you for the birds that sing. We thank you, God, for everything. Banned. What a vicious prayer. Maybe it's a sign of the times. Paul wrote to Timothy, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive to their parents, ungrateful. Ungrateful. Maybe it's true. Gratitude is what spoils life when it's left out. Don't let your life be spoiled by a lack of gratitude. Don't forget to give thanks to God. Maybe before that next meal, when you go out for lunch today at a restaurant, you know, it's right, it's proper. There is no Supreme Court decision that can keep us from giving thanks. Amen? Yeah, you're awake. The attitude of gratitude is not only proper, it should be perpetual. What does the text say? Always giving thanks. You know, I'm glad that we have a day called Thanksgiving. It's coming up November 28th. It's a week from this Thursday already. You know, uh, the very first president of the United States, George Washington, gave a Thanksgiving proclamation. George Washington said this, Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will and to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly employ His protection and favors. That's what George Washington had to say about giving thanks. But you know what? One day really is not enough. And I'll tell you why. One day is not long enough to thank God for all he's given us. And I'll tell you something else. His blessings are not annual. His blessings are daily. We just prayed, give us this day, our daily bread. And I love the old King James Version of Psalm 68, 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. God has got a load for you today. Lamentations 3.23 says his mercies are what? They're brand new every day. Every day, God has brand new blessings for you. And so we're to be giving thanks always. And every prayer that we pray ought to be salted with thanksgiving. Do you know what the Apostle Paul said in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 6? He gives us kind of a recipe for not worrying and for not being anxious. And this is what he says, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with what? Thanksgiving, present your request to God. In every prayer, there ought to be the salt of thanksgiving. And so this attitude of gratitude, it's proper, it's perpetual. It's also to be pervasive, always giving thanks for everything, always for everything, pervasive. Everything is a key word here. You're probably thinking, well, wait a minute, Dave, I can thank God for a Savior, and I can thank God for the simple things, maybe like for a glass of water, though sometimes I forget. But you're saying, thank God for everything? Do you mean to tell me that I'm to thank God for cancer? That I'm to thank God for divorce? That I'm to thank God for child abuse? 
that I'm to thank God for crippled children, that I'm to thank God for war and for rape and for blasphemy, that I'm to thank God for these things? No. Those things are bad. And God has set himself against these things. Well, what does this mean? Always giving thanks for everything. Well, Romans 8.28 kind of helps us out. When it says, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What a wonderful verse. And that word for the good, for, it's a preposition which means, you know, movement toward a goal. And we know that in all things God works for the good. And that's, you know, that is the the thing itself is not good, but it's God who is working all things for the good. And so where God does not rule, he overrules. And you see, we get our word providence from that idea. The word providence, it literally means like pro means before, and video means to see ahead, or to see, that is to see ahead, and we put those words together, we call it providence. And so God sees ahead, God makes arrangements, he sees ahead, God sees to it, and sometimes we cannot see the workings of God and how God takes bad things and he turns bad things into good things for our good and for his glory. His ways are higher and sometimes difficult to understand, but that's no reason really to disbelieve just because we don't understand. Somebody told me once, I don't understand electricity, but I'm not going to sit in the dark until I do. Many times we don't see the workings of God. Many times the things we think are tragedies, somehow God is still seen ahead and God is still making provision and he sees to it. Or the, the new phrase in, amongst Christian circles, you know, God's got this. You know, he really does. And so, friends, if you want to live on the highest level of life, you cultivate, cultivate this attitude of gratitude, always giving thanks for everything, no matter how bad it gets, how difficult it gets, how mysterious it gets. And you take the ultimate step of faith. You know, God, you're greater than this, and I thank you. Just thank him by faith. You say, well, I don't feel like thanking him. Well, don't thank him by feeling. Thank him by faith. It doesn't say we are to feel thankful. It says we are to be thankful. An old poem I learned as a child in Sunday school, it goes like this. Feelings come and feelings go and feelings are deceiving. The Bible is the word of God. Naught else is worth believing. Whoever you are, whatever your situation, just thank God today. You know, you do it and that will change your life. The attitude of gratitude, it's proper, it's perpetual, it's to be pervasive, it is to be a part of all life, and when it becomes that, it will become pleasurable, and that's the fourth principle. Let me show you something here. You look at the context of the verses that Paul read. You know, verse 20 is there, that's the verse that we're, we're looking at, but you back up and look at verse 18. You know, it says, don't get drunk on wine, and that's where many people find their pleasure. Nothing wrong with a little wine, but, you know, it's like if that's the only place you find pleasure, come on. Uh, Listen to this verse. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another in psalms 
and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks. And this is what we're going to do tonight with our neighbors. You know, the Fieldstone Senior Living, we're going to be singing some hymns, sipping some soup, and sharing Jesus. Come and join us. Do you see how the Lord links praise and joy and thanksgiving all together? Do you see how a singing heart and praising lips are just inseparably wed together? Remember this. Are you ready? Thankful people are happy people. And the opposite's also true. Unthankful people are unhappy people. It's just that simple. You might be saying, well, Dave, if I had something to be thankful for, I'd be happy. You say, but my life is falling apart. Things aren't going for well. Well, wait a minute. Just wait, 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 wait. Wait just one minute here. Who wrote this? Who wrote this? The Apostle Paul wrote this. Where was he when he wrote it? He was in prison, and it was in a prison not like our jails here. He wasn't getting three meals a day. He was in prison. Now, how many of you will be with family this Thanksgiving? Or we'll be together at Christmas. When Paul wrote this, he wasn't expecting friends for a great feast. He was in a slimy prison. He was lonely. He was apart from others. But he was talking about singing and making melody in his heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks for everything. Pleasurable. Preacher was sitting on a train, sitting across from him on that train was a man and a woman. Both of them were beautifully dressed. And the man had this intelligent look on his face, and you could tell he was one of those kind of guys who kind of had it all together. And the woman was continually criticizing. She was criticizing the train. She was criticizing her husband. She was criticizing the service. She was criticizing the food. She was murmuring and griping and complaining about everything. But she was elegantly dressed, and she had diamonds dripping from her fingers. And this preacher thought, well, he'd asked them a question. So he asked the man, he said, well, what do you do? And the man was a businessman, and they had discussed the man's business for a while. And then he said, "Uh, what does your, your wife do? And he said, well, my wife is in the manufacturing business. Oh, so what does she manufacture? He said, she manufactures her own unhappiness. You know, a lot of people do that. And they have everything but a grateful heart. And to people who don't have a grateful heart, it doesn't matter what else they have. They're not happy. But people who have a grateful heart, it really doesn't matter how little they have. They're happy. And here's the Apostle Paul in prison, in prison, rejoicing in the Lord And gratefulness turned his prison into a palace. And ungratefulness will turn your palace into a prison. On the back of the bulletin, I uh, kind of quoted a a piece from Pastor Charles Swindoll. And uh, I want to share the whole quote to you. And it's just a piece called Attitude by Chuck Swindoll. And I quote, the longer I live the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It's more important than appearance, 
giftedness or skill. It'll make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude that we will embrace for that day. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string that we have, and that is our attitude. And I'm convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. And I'm telling you, the attitude of gratitude will change your life. It is proper. It is to be perpetual. It is to be pervasive and pleasurable. But the best part of attitude of gratitude is this. You know, it's, it's possible. It is possible to have this attitude of gratitude. It's possible because verse 18 says, be filled with the Spirit. And then verse 20 says, always giving thanks. Be filled with the Spirit and then always giving thanks. See, this is not a human way to live. You know, this is not really a natural way to live. It is a supernatural way to live. This kind of supernatural thankfulness to God, always for everything, comes out of a vital relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, how is it that some people can, you know, sing praises to God in the midst of their grief? Listen to the third verse of a hymn that we sang at a memorial service of a Christian man a few, a few years back. And here's one of the verses that they sang. Thus, all my toilsome way along, I sing aloud thy praises. Is that a funeral service? That earth may hear the grateful song my voice unwearied raises. Be joyful in the Lord, my heart. Both soul and body bear your part to God all praise and glory. How can you sing that without the Spirit of God? Supernatural thanksgiving, that's what it is. It's possible, it really is. And how is one filled with the Spirit? Well, first of all, we need to receive Christ. We need to welcome Christ into our lives as our forgiver, as our leader. No one can be filled with the Spirit without Christ. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ... He does not belong to Christ. That is, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not saved. An unsaved person can't practice really what Ephesians 5.20 teaches. First of all, be saved. And then you come to a place where you say, Lord, I desire you to have complete control over my life. I make a complete commitment and I allow continual control. I yield my life to you, Holy Spirit of God. You live in me now as resident. Come now and rule in me as president. Take over my life. I yield it to you. You know what you're going to find out? When you do that, you know, there's going to be a joy in you Peter described it as joy unspeakable, full of glory. There's going to be something bubbling up in you, that river of life coming out of you. You're going to be speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your heart to the Lord. And then you're going to find out that everything takes on a different color. Everything takes on a different hue. And you're going to be giving thanks to God the Father always for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because you will be in the Spirit in the Spirit makes the attitude of gratitude possible. You'll be praying in the Spirit, through the Son, 
to the Father, in the Spirit, through the Son, to the Father. So what's your prison today? You know, bitterness, self-pity or fear or ungratefulness, negativism. Are you a sour saint? Are you a bitter brother, a complaining Christian? Somebody said, I complained because I had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. Here's the good news. You know, it's possible. It really is. To change your griping to gratitude, to be humbly grateful instead of grumbly hateful. You just start praising God today in the Spirit, through the Son, to the Father, and your prison will turn into a palace because the attitude of gratitude will change your life. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him. All creatures here below, praise him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Did you ever sing that in church? It's called the doxology. Should we try it? It goes, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Or maybe you sang it this way. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Father, as we experience uh, this month of gratitude, Lord, I pray that uh, you would just uh, put it on all of our hearts to be a generous and a grateful people, even as we think about the little estimated giving cards next Sunday. But as we just celebrate your generosity, Lord, we just want to thank you for the indescribable gift that you've given to us in Christ. And Lord, I just pray this simple prayer. Thank you for the flowers so sweet. Thank you for the food that we eat. Thank you for the birds that sing. Thank you, God, for everything. Lord, may we worship you now as we gather uh, your tithe and our offerings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to read uh, one psalm before we leave. Uh, as we think about coming to church next week, it's Psalm 126. When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap 
with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying the seed to sow, will return with songs of joy. It says carrying, but the old song goes bringing in the sheaves. So they're going to come in next week. Joy.